0: And so it's not the job of us as humans to place people in different ministries. What our job is to recognize as people mature and grow what God is and where God is placing them.
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the four goals of the biblical discipler. Hello and welcome to this episode of General Order 4 and I'm excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking about the goals that we see, want to see accomplished in the believer's life as we are discipling them and uh, how we are going to try and accomplish that and so we're going to go through each of these goals one at a time and there are four goals and four things that we want to see accomplished in that person's life uh, and as always on this episode I am joined by Pastor Brian Stewart. Hello! And uh so it's, it's good to be with you guys today. We're looking forward to getting in some of this content. We're just going to go ahead and dive in. Um, and before we get to goal number one, if you have your Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it and turn to John chapter 15. Um, if you go to John chapter 15, uh, we get a, uh, a story or a parable that Jesus is is. Uh, that he is telling. And he's giving one that we are all pretty familiar with, I think. And that is the uh, parable about the vine and the branches. And so if you'll turn there to John chapter 15, and then we'll go through these goals. And the first thing that we want to see established in a believer's life, and before I get into that, let's remember, we're not the ones establishing anything. The Lord is the one doing this in their life. We are simply bringing the word to them and allowing him to be transformative in their life because his word is what changes people lives not not us there's nothing that we're doing here we're not building this person jesus said that he would build his church it's not us building it's just us giving the word right so here's the first goal the first thing we want to see established in this person's life is that we want to see this person established uh, in
0: fellowship with god and so we see that when we look at john chapter 15 really we could look at verse one uh all the way through four so let me just read verse one and then verse three and four Uh, Verse 1 says I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman Jesus is doing the talking here He at the end of verse 2 he says and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth More fruit. So he has a plan. He has an intentional plan for every branch that is in him And then he says this in verse 15 and this is this is critical Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. It's the words of God that have been spoken to us, i.e. the scriptures, that is going to cleanse us so that we can be this branch that he wants us to be. And then in verse 4 he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. He makes it very clear that there must be a relationship and a close, integrated relationship between the vine, the true vine, and the branch. The true vine is is Christ, and the branch is you and I. And so this first goal that we're looking to see God establish in this disciple's life is their fellowship with God. And so we teach that in the first six lessons, for the first six topics that we're going to cover with this new believer is so that we can see them developed in this relationship with god and what is a habit that is going to be evident if this is happening if this goal has been achieved then we're going to see this person having a habit of daily scripture reading fellowshipping and listening to what god has to say remember verse three now you are clean through the word which i have spoken unto you so we've got to be listening to him but also we're going to see a daily habit and a desire for prayer where they are communing with their father and sharing with him what's on their heart what's in their concerns what they're thankful for and all of these things so this first goal of, a, of really seeing this disciple established in their relationship with god and in a good solid foundation on which the the rest of their life is going to be built on in the lord is going to be developing this habit of daily bible reading daily in the scriptures and daily prayer and we're going to see this personal relationship with god in its earliest and and its budding form as they are the branch abiding in the true vine Right,
1: yeah, and um, there's, there's more that we want to see established in their life, but everything else is hinged on that one, you know, if they're not established um, with their fellowship with God they can't bear fruit, right, because the branch doesn't bear fruit of its own, it only bears fruit if it's connected to the vine. there's nothing that they can do in and of themselves, it has to be done in their life by God and through God, and so they have to have that fellowship with God, and it's important as disciples that we spend the time to, you know, figure out, and it, again, we're not evaluating that person to, to uh, judge them. We're, we're evaluating that person to see, do I need to continue to spend time in this first part of their discipleship process to make sure that they've established that relationship with God? Because if we try to teach them anything else um, regarding other believers, regarding the church, or anything anything else, it's not going to have the effect that it ought to have because they don't have the relationship with God they ought to have. And so it's important that we establish that baseline first. And-
0: verse nine of this passage, we kind of see this connection. Jesus wants us to understand uh, how important this relationship is. And he tells us in verse nine, he says, as the father hath loved me, so I loved you. So we have the love of the father to the son, Jesus Christ. And now he's saying that same love that the father gave to me, I want to give it to you And his instruction here is, continue ye in my love. And so if we're going to continue in his love, we're going to have to stay connected to him like he has stayed connected to the Father. And for this young believer, they're not used to that kind of relationship. They're not used to that kind of love. And so uh, this first goal is all about us seeing them in this fellowship, in this love, and them continuing in this love the same love the Father gave to Christ, the Son of God, and the same love that he gives to us, and that is what we're looking for in this first goal. Right. And... um. Yeah, and if, if that can be established, we can begin to
1: build on that. And so, the second thing that we want to see done in this person's life is we want to see that believer established in fellowship with other believers. And it's crucial; it's crucial that believers are around other ones. You know, I, it immediately takes my mind to um, what Jesus said about iron sharpening iron, what, what's in the what's in the Proverbs as well about iron sharpening iron, and and people. Uh, sharpening the countenance of their friends. And we want, we tell people all the time, you know, you really got to be careful about who are, who your friends are. Well, your friends really ought to be people in your local church, right? So um, if you could speak to that, establishing disciples in fellowship with other believers. Uh,
0: verse 5, or I'm sorry, verse 12 uh, of chapter 15 of John says this, this is my commandment. So, Notice he wanted us to continue in his love. Now he's giving us a commandment. He says that ye love one another as I have loved you. Notice the connection of the love. He is still referring back to, hey, I've loved you this way. Now I want you to expand this to another group of people. And he's talking to the disciples. And so he's talking to those that are followers of him which in this day and age would be what, the, the, the local church. And so he's talking to those of us that are in the local church, we ought to have the kind of love that the Father has for him and that he has for us. Once we're established in that, now that needs to expand in our uh, giving of that love to one another. And so we need to be established in our, not only with our fellowship with God, but now we need to be established in the fellowship with other believers. And we see that as we teach uh, lessons seven, eight, and nine, which we're talking about what is God's big ultimate plan, what is his will for our life. We see that in uh, the lesson when we see him uh, helping us to understand our place in the local church. And then how do I interact and behave? with these others. And you could sum it up in that we love one another, how? As Christ has loved us. That's how we're to interact with other believers. The beauty of this is that when we see this first goal established in this new believer's life, and they have this love relationship with Christ and the Father, and they're established in that goal, now it's Natural that that's going to start extending to those that are closely nearby, those that are a part of the family of God, and they're going to have a love relationship with those who are the family of God. And so we're going to see this discipleship, uh, this disciple learn to be established and maintain a biblical relationship or a scriptural relationship with, the, with their brothers and sisters in Christ. They're going to learn to maintain a correct relationship with their Heavenly Father, and as that is established, this relationship is going to show in their relationship with other people, i.e. other believers. So the goal here, the second goal, is really that God is establishing them in their first goal in the life of the disciple, other disciples. And we're going to see that manifested as they continue to develop and God establish them in their fellowship with other believers in the local church they're going to be if we love somebody we're going to be sensitive to their needs and so that's another indicator that this second goal has been accomplished and i think it's it's crucial for us to remember in verse 12 he's he's clearly telling us and he's really connecting us back again to hey this is how i've loved you this is how i want you to love others Notice again this wonderful modeling. Christ has modeled for us exactly what he expects for us to do. He's not asking us to do something that we have not already experienced. Because why? As we abide in him and he abides in us, his love is given to us, and we can do those things that are necessary, and we have this wonderful model. And that's what really this whole idea of discipleship is about is we've had things modeled to us, and because they've been modeled to us through Christ and through the scriptures and through the person who's helped us along the way, now we get to be that model for others when we are living in obedience and in the love of Christ and in that relationship with these first two goals.
1: Right. Yeah, It's it's again, it's crucial that a person get their heart and life rooted in a fellowship with God first, and when they do that, the other believers will have the opportunity to strengthen them, to encourage them, and get connected with other people who are believers. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean believers that are all in their local church. I mean, you know, we got, especially in the area that I live, I got churches all around me, and I've got friends that are good, godly people who have been an encouragement to my wife and I, that are not part of our local church. But that that leads me right into that third goal, which is that that believer, that new disciple, uh, needs to be uh, established into the structure of the local church. Now, who builds the church? Um, we see in Matthew that Jesus speaks to Peter, and he says, um, Thou art Peter, or you are a little a little pebble. And then he says, upon this rock, this large stone, speaking of himself, I will build my church. So he's speaking to the disciples in a private setting when he when he mentions the word church for the very first time. This, in my opinion, the, the, the disciples were the first local church with Christ as the head of that first local church. And he's speaking to them and he's saying, I'm going to build my church. You're not going to build your church. So who establishes the believer in the, in the local body? Christ does, um, because it's his church, right? Amen. So we want to see this person grow to the point where they are in fellowship with other believers, where they are in fellowship with God, and now they're going to get plugged in to the local New Testament church.
0: In and, and chapter, John chapter 15, where how do we see that? Well, there's not really a verse that says church here, but who is he talking to here? He's talking to those followers of him, right? And those followers of him are the ones that he established here on earth so that when he went back to heaven, that they would carry out the ministry and the work that he has left for them to do. And how is that work carried out? Is through the local church. And so this third goal is to see this, this disciple established by God in the structure of the local church. And so now, if we if we look at this progression, he is, the Father has loved Christ, according to John 15. Christ has loved us. And so we see in the first goal that we're established in that love relationship with Christ. Now we saw in verse 12 that that is extending to the fact that we're to love one another. And now he wants us to be established in the structure of the local church well the scriptures are clear that who puts us in the church it's not individuals it's not humans it's Christ who places every member uh, in particular in the places in the local church that he wants them and so it's not the job of us as humans to place people in different ministries what our job is to recognize as people mature and grow what God is and where God is placing them. And so, again, this new disciple, we want to see the third goal is accomplished in their life by them beginning to contribute to the ministries. And remember the difference between ministry and service to the ministries, but they're not going to be able to really teach the Word of God just yet. They're still a young believer, so they're going to contribute how? Through service, uh, many times, but serving in these different ministries where the Word of God is being given out, and these are ministries that are already established. So we're not going to give a new believer a new Sunday school class to start. Right. We're not going to give a new believer a uh, a, a ministry to the down and out in, in town uh, where they're going to be the one that is going to be doing the preaching. We're not starting a new ministry with this new believer. We are connecting this, mini, this new believer into the service of the Lord through the ministries that already exist in the church and have been established in the church. And their area of contributing to this is going to be in an area of service. And so they're going to be a helper. They're going to be an assistant. They're going to be uh, playing those roles for a time. Until when? Until they mature and they're established in the fourth goal, which we'll get into in just a moment. And so we're going to, uh, at this time, teach them some important things so that they are able to be established in these things and contribute. Uh, this is going to make them uh, an active member of the body and a co-laborer in the work of the Lord rather than just somebody who's standing on the side waiting to get in. They can get in and get involved, and this third goal, and so we want to see them being active. How can they be active in the local church? Well, they can be active in obeying Christ and, and God's commands in the matter of tithing and giving. They can be uh, that takes no uh, great understanding of the Word of God to be able to obey God in that. Mm-hmm. They can uh, we can see them actively uh, dealing with sin in their life, and we're going to be teaching them how to do that. And we can see them actively. Uh, exercising their liberty in Christ <clears throat> for that which is righteousness and using that liberty and that freedom that God has given them from sin to now accomplish things uh, for the Lord by serving in these different areas at different ministries. Right. Uh, and then also, we see them not only as an active member, but they're accepting the challenges of guiding others through these same steps they they're they're looking to share this gospel truth with others so that they too can find the uh liberty and all of the freedom that they have in christ so this third goal is really seeing them not only just knowing how to behave in the local church but now they want to start contributing they want to start serving they want to start getting involved and contributing to that which god has done in their life
1: Right, and if they can get to that point in their Christian life where they're a contributor, they're no longer a, um, you know, we talk about, I think a lot of times in the in a worldly context, we talk about givers and takers, right? And some people seem to just mm-hmm. be takers. Um, and the same thing does tend to occur within churches a lot of the time because people are not discipled and brought along to the point to where they can be producers and not just takers. Um, and I, I I don't want to call out any one particular ministry per se, but I do see um, at times where you have large outreach style ministries, but if there's no follow-up done in those outreach style ministries, all of those people that um, that get saved legitimately that are one to Christ, um, those people oftentimes can get left behind uh, because... They were one through this particular outreach ministry, but then nobody ever discipled them and brought them along as well. So they can get left behind if we're not careful. And so it's important that we bring them along we get them to the point where they're established in their relationship with God. We get them, you know, Now, obviously God's doing this again in their life. I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I want to make it clear. We're not the ones accomplishing this. He is. Um, but we're, we're teaching them the word of God. They've been brought along to the point where they've they've established a good relationship with God. And now that they have that solid relationship and foundation relationship with God the Father, then they get plugged in with other believers, plugged into their local church, and begin serving the Lord. They can finally get to the point now To where that person has been brought along enough to where they can be established as a disciple in ministry. At one point, Jesus sends his disciples out to preach, right? And that hasn't happened. That doesn't happen until he spent all of this time with them, going through these different things, teaching them and bringing them along. And then he sends them out to preach. So if you could talk about that a little bit.
0: Sure. Uh, So the fourth goal, we kind of see that in, in John 15, verses 14 and following, so let me read that to you. Jesus continues to speak here and says to his followers, his disciples, he says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends. Notice he makes a big difference here. If I'm a friend of Christ, then I am obeying his commands. I'm doing what his word says and remember where we started what does his word accomplish in me it cleanses me so I am living in this cleansed I've dealt with the sin in my life I'm dealing with the sin in my life and I'm living in this clean liberty this freedom that he gives me and I am obeying him and for that he says you know what I'm going to let you in On what I'm doing I am going to call you a friend not just a servant a servant doesn't know what the master is doing the Lord does notice he says but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you he hasn't held back anything and so when we have the scriptures we have the mind of Christ which is what the mind of the father and he has made it known to you and I that are willing to obey him. This is crucial. Notice he says, I've called you friends. What is a friend again? There is an if-then statement. If I I do whatever he has commanded me to do, then I am his friend, and when I am his friend, I will understand the things that the Father has made known to him that he has made known to me. Now notice, there's the same progression here with knowledge as there is with love in this passage. The father loved the son, the son loved us, and we are then to love others. The same is to happen with the knowledge. Notice in verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain So what kind of fruit We're to bring forth fruit that Remains not fruit that perishes But fruit that remains That whosoever Or whatsoever ye shall ask the father In my name he may give it you So that promise is connected Very closely to what The love and our obedience And fulfilling the commands And us being a friend And not just a servant Notice how he ends this Uh, Well, he doesn't end it here He keeps talking, but in verse 17 Notice what he says These things I command you That you love one another Even though we've gotten past The Second goal He keeps reminding us Hey, that second goal Is important to make sure it's established Because why? I'm reminding you And commanding you That you love one another Right. So We want to make sure this fourth goal is established so that this disciple this follower of jesus christ can have god's ministry established in them through christ through their obedience to him through their love relationship with him through the fellowship that they have with him on a daily and moment-to-moment basis so the key in this fourth goal Is that they are now established by God As a follower of Jesus Christ And they are being given the first opportunities to bear fruit Now if we go back and we look at this passage There are three levels of fruit bearing But I want you to look at verse 16 real quick He says, you have not chosen me I have chosen you and ordained you That you should go and bring forth fruit Now if we go back to to verse 2 He says every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh it away And every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit So we have two levels in this verse well really three no fruit Fruit and more fruit now how do we get from fruit to more fruit we have to be purged there are things in our life that need to be taken out that are draining. That's where we're seeing this person learn to deal with sin, and we're teaching them the Word of God on how to do that. We're teaching them how to live in their liberty and freedom that they have in Christ. And so that's the Holy Spirit of God and and, and the Father, the husbandman, through the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God, pruning in their life, and they go from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit. Right. And then... We go on down to verse 8, and notice he says in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Now, I don't think God was trying to add more and much fruit here just to make the Bible longer. God doesn't use words frivolously. Right. He, uh, He gives these three levels of fruit bearing. Why? Because it demonstrates maturity. And he's showing us that when we glorify God is when we are mature and we are established as a follower of Christ who is experiencing Christ's love and reciprocating that love to others to the point where we're bearing much fruit, Right. that third level of fruit bearing. But let's look back at verse 16. He says, and he ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Here's the, the budding, the beginning level, and then there's going to be more purging so that they can bring forth more fruit, and then there's going to be more purging so they can bring forth much fruit. But it all is connected to our love relationship with Christ, all four of these goals, and as we get to the end of teaching them the first level of discipleship we're going to teach them hey you have a job for a reason it's for ministry that's a good place where a lot of lost people generally are where you can witness to them and then you and i have a responsibility according to the word of god to reach the lost world with the gospel and then we cover the very last thing and that is you are going to be held responsible by christ for how you use and steward your life, whether it was for His cause, for His purposes, for His commands, which is the Father's, or if you've done it for some other purpose, for some other reason, for some other way. Right.
1: And I I don't even know how to describe how important some of this stuff is. I mean, we've, as a person who is in ministry and you're in the ministry as well what we consider full-time christian work or however you want to word that um but it is so important that every believer be brought to the place where they can teach the bible to somebody else um how often have you heard someone say something of something to the effect of that the the teacher learns more than the student (laughs) <laughs> and that it's so true. It's so yeah. true because when you're teaching these things to somebody else, it, when you're learning and you're sitting, you can only gather in so much because you don't have that much experience to go off of. But when you're teaching it to somebody else and seeing things click in their mind and you learn so much because you're having to restudy it yourself to teach it somebody else. And then when you're teaching it to them, Um, They ask questions, things you hadn't thought of before. They, you know, that dialogue goes back and forth, and it cements things in your own life. This fourth goal, seeing this established in the life of another person, that they now are an active part of ministry, is vital to Mm -hmm. their growth, and it's vital to your growth as the discipler as well.
0: Amen. And uh, to your point about uh, learning more when you teach. Uh, just about everybody that has that uh, I have been able to uh, pass on the responsibility of teaching to they they come back and they tell me just that hey I'm learning more now than I did when I first went through this I thought I learned a lot when I first went through this but there's a whole lot more here and you know I can say for I've been teaching this stuff for about 20 years now 19 to 20 years and um, it's I'm learning every time I teach it Every time I go through it, I see something uh, more clearly and uh, understand it in a a more of a uh, way that's uh, uh, helping me and my walk. And so I like reviewing these things and going over them time and time again.
1: And we act like this is surprising, but we also, you know, we preach and teach that the Bible is a living book. Mm -hmm. And if it is, like we say it is, then why are we surprised when we learn something new? You <laughs> know, and um, you know, obviously, there's nothing new under the sun is what the Bible teaches. But when we learn something that we hadn't previously understood or didn't understood understand fully, um, it's amazing. It's amazing how that happens, and it, it happens it happens all the time. And uh, but it doesn't happen like it ought to when we are not. Uh, discipling other believers and seeing them brought along like they need to be brought along. So um, I think we're going to have to stop there for today and uh, we'll next week, we're going to get into um, how we want to go about to accomplish these things in a person's life. Um, so we'll keep these four goals in mind, and uh, this week as you're going about your week, just just be mulling over these four things that you want to see somebody established in fellowship with God, uh, see them established with the fellowship with other believers, uh, see that disciple established in the structure of a local church, and then also um, that that person is established in ministry. Mull that over this week, and then next week when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about how we can go about uh, seeing the Lord accomplish that in their life. So uh, thank you again so much for listening we appreciate feedback if you uh, if you have the time and you want to ask a question or there's something that you're curious about please reach out to us we've had a few people do that and it's been really great and uh, it's also given us some ideas for content so please reach out to us and uh, leave a question a comment um, a a review with your podcast would help us out a whole lot as well so please do that and leave the information in the sting. thanks so much God bless you Thank you for listening to this episode of General Order 4. On next week's episode, we're going to talk about how you as a discipler can work with God to accomplish those four goals. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us by email at generalorder4 at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R. Or on Twitter, at General Order, the number 4. Please like, share, and subscribe.